Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is the Baseball Podcast, the only local Bay Area baseball podcast brought to you by 95.7 The Game. I am Joe Shasky. I've got Albie Falouse with me in the studio. Cody is out today, but we are on Bryce Harper Watch. Bryce Harper Watch here in San Francisco. We're also going to touch on some of the Giants' additions of this offseason, most notably the three guys they picked up this week. We're going to preview the NL West, and we're definitely going to talk about Joey Bart, the rising prospect, number two overall pick in the draft just last summer. But let's start with Bryce Harper. Albie, this has been Bryce Harper Watch. We have been basically searching our timeline, refreshing the feed, trying to find out, is he going to pick the Phillies? Is he going to go back to the Nationals? Or are the Giants going to outbid for his services? Where are you at on Bryce Harper Watch? Oh, man. What is it? February 17th now? Wow. I mean, J.D. Martinez, February 26th last year. We're nine days away from the J.D. Martinez deadline. Are you kidding me? This is Bryce Harper. one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Phenom, high school, Sports Illustrated. You know, 184 home runs. Please, Giants, just get that bat in the middle of your your order, and you are going to change things for the rest of your future franchise. Absolutely. I mean, the need is there. I've looked at all the slash numbers. The Giants were second to last behind Miami. Or I guess essentially Miami was the, the worst. Second to last in home runs, batting average, on-base percentage, RBIs, so many different key categories where he can instantly come and give this team a boost. You lost the number one uh, outfielder last year, Andrew McCutcheon, in production. When he left the team, traded in the middle of, I think, right before end, end of August. Yeah. yeah. So he, he led the team in home runs. He was second in batting average. He had the most RBIs. He had the most stolen bases. And, and those numbers were 15, 55, and like 13. Wow. So it's not like we're talking about a large threshold. If this guy can get to the team, Bryce Harper, come to the Giants. I mean, it's such a low bar. He could have the most productive outfield season, and it could be a Bryce Harper down year, and it would still be a huge boon for Giants fans. Yeah, I mean, power bats just don't grow on trees. I mean, where, where, are, the, where are these coming up in the system? When's the last time a Giants? We talked about this last Chili week. Chili Davis. When's, Chili Davis. 1986. Chili Davis. They do, they do not grow on trees. This guy's 184 home runs. He hits lefties. He hits righties. The glove isn't great. I don't know where they put him in the outfield. Is he a right fielder or left fielder? You know, I think in this ballpark, I want him in right field. He's got great range. I think he has a really good arm. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of the additions who has a really good arm that they just signed this week. But notoriously, the Giants outfield has lacked impact arms. Plus arms is what I would call it. I mean, all the guys had noodle arms. Denard Span, Hunter Pence. Oh, God. Right? And even Blanco, who I like, I mean, he wasn't known necessarily for a cannon. So if you put Bryce Harper in right field, I mean, it's a very difficult uh, area to, to to play defense and also the rest of the division. Dodgers have a kind of a unique right field. So does San Diego. I know Colorado is very spacious, right. spacious, and then you have Arizona, which is a big outfield. So for me, yes, right field is a very premium defensive position for the Giants as well as offensive. Yeah, and they've been rolling Hunter Pence out there the last couple of years, exactly. so we need an upgrade there. I mean, here's what Bryce Harper is going to do. You put him in the middle of your order for the first time in Buster Posey's career. He's going to have a bat protecting him. He's going to have. For, for the first time, Brandon Belt might just see fastballs down the middle. And he's not going to sit and look at them. He might actually swing at them this time. So he makes everyone in the lineup better. This lineup just gets deeper and deeper with him right in the middle of that order. This guy draws a ton of walks. You put Belt in front of him, who yes. draws a ton of walks. You put Posey behind him. Suddenly Posey's hitting with runners on the corners, with runners on first and second. The fr- When have we seen that? When have we seen that? We haven't. Well, I would ask you this. Who's the best player to bat in front or behind Buster Posey in his career? One year of Aubrey Huff. 
half yeah. a year of Melky Cabrera? Like, I mean, honestly, let's take a step back. Maybe Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence, probably. The I one mean, year. Brandon Belt in 2016 when he was an all-star. I, th- I thought he had a good year. That ain't McCovey and Mays, and that definitely no. isn't Bonds and Kent. But you get where I'm going with this. And then let's take it a step further. Who's the best guy to bat in front or behind Bryce Harper? I mean, Zimmerman for a year and a half. Maybe Great it's point. your boy Rendon. So I think both people could benefit greatly from batting in front or behind the other. And then the other guy you haven't mentioned is Evan Longoria. I think he's a better ball player than what we saw last year. Uh, I think he was pressing. I think switching to the National League was a big deal. He would look so much better if you put Bryce Harper in that lineup with him, don't you think? Yeah, Evan had a kind of a rough season. Obviously, first year in the National League of his career, he struggled initially. He was starting to get hot. He was starting to heat up. He was hitting home runs in Colorado. I remember he had a few games in a row there. He hit two or three home runs. I was like, all right, here's Evan Longoria. He's coming along. And then suddenly he takes a fastball on the wrist in Miami, just like the whole season for all these Giants players. And here we are. So the thing I keep hearing with with, uh, Giants fans is they're like, what's he going to do? He's got one home run. uh, Bryce Harper. He's got one career year where he had over 100 RBIs. You know, he's you're going to stick him in the middle of this order. Is he really going to turn this team around? They're rebuilding. Well, not really. Are they rebuilding? Is this a rebuilding team? Well, I th- that's a good question. I, it definitely is a team that needs to be completely retooled, retooled. But I also think that there are some pillars that are very useful. This isn't a team that's without guys that can be pillars to develop the young core. Buster Posey still has so much to offer. Even if the bat slips, mentally, the way he controls your staff, the, the impact cannot be quantified. Would you agree there? Oh, absolutely. Right? And then Evan Longoria, for as bad as he was last year, he still led the team in home runs. He still <laughs> he still can be a better defensive player. And I also think that he didn't have a lot of RBI opportunities last year because the lineup was horrible. They had Brandon Crawford, who is a solid player. I'd say he's a great defensive player, but a solid overall baseball player. Batting in the four hole he's miscast as a four hitter he's a seven or an eight on a really good team yeah and it was a tale of two halves like we talked about last week this guy was an all-star in the first half he was great and he needs to get back to that and obviously we know about the personal struggles with his family Mm -hmm. death in the family he had the year before that so he's had a couple of weird years but i think he rebounds listen bryce he's been managed by dusty baker matt williams and dave martinez right Mm mm-hmm They've put him all throughout the order. The I've seen him size, hit leadoff. I know, right? Isn't that funny? That is funny. He's hit leadoff. He's hit second. He's hit third. He's hit fourth. He's hit fifth. Put this guy in the middle of your order in the three-hole yeah. for 162 games. Yeah. You're going to see a 100 RBI season. You're going to see a 100-run season. You're going to, and hopefully, and this has been a bit of a knock, is durability. Your best ability is availability, and he hasn't been available. He's had three seasons where he hasn't played 130 games. Yeah. Well, you know, the other part of this is that Getting out of the AL East in the first two months of the year is a big difference. The weather is cold NL back East. East. Excuse me, NL East. I'm sorry. It's all good. The, the weather is really cold back East. Everyone always sleeps on this. First couple of weeks of the year, I mean, they're playing in basically 40-degree weather, yes. right? Yes. And I think getting out to the West Coast where the ball flies a little better, you're going to have those. We always have those April Arizona games where the ball is jumping off the bat. You're going to have San Diego on the schedule, Colorado on the schedule. I, I just – I – Want to see what this guy can bring to the lineup. And the example that I'm going to use is when the A's lost Yoannis Cespedes out of their lineup. It changed everything for that team. Brandon Moss looked different. All the other pieces in the ancillary guys batting in front or behind saw different pitches. You put Bryce Harper in here on this team. I think Longoria. I think Buster. I think Belt. I think Crawford. And I think Steven Duggar, if he wanted to be in the leadoff hole, he's going to get better pitches to hit because teams don't want to put him on base and then have the fear of facing Harper with a runner in scoring position. 
Absolutely, and we heard Bruce Bochy this week at, at spring training say that Duggar's expected to hit one or two in the I order. I love hearing that. Fantastic. I mean, let the guy try. I want to see him fail before, like, like I don't want to see him get trotted out for two or three games and then go back into the eight hole. I want to see Ugh. him go for a month, two months, and let's see if he really fails and he struggles after getting out of the gates. Okay, then you can maybe drop him back, but give him a longer leash than you would a normal young guy, Boach. That's one area I'd like to see Bochy kind of come off of his veteran stances. Be a little more lenient with the young guys. Yes, absolutely. I think Duggar could be one of those X-Factor guys this year. Totally. If he's setting the table in April right off the bat, I mean, we're going to see a young kid who's got speed, who can hit both both sides of the plate, lefties, righties. I mean, this guy's going to be a stud. How many times have the Giants been able to say they've got a young guy in his prime at the top of the order who can score from first base on a gapper? I, I I literally can't name you one person. It's, Nate it's, Nate Sheerholtz for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty sad, right? Uh, it's yeah. pretty sad. So I'm really excited to see Stephen Duggar. I'm more excited to see what happens with Bryce Harper. I think the entire Bay Area is waiting on pins and needles. And I hear people say, oh, the cost and this, that, and the other. You know, by the time he reaches 32, 33 years old, if you prorate this particular salary, it's going to be below market value for a free agent power hitter. I think the money over time is going to look better and better and better. And you got a $350 million deal it's not your Oracle. money. Exactly. All these guys coming off the books, Samarja, Melanson, etc. I think it's worth the investment on the front end, whatever hit you take from the luxury tax, to bring this guy in. You don't get premier, marketable players who can help your entire organization for the next 10 years they just don't come available yeah i mean we don't really say face of baseball much i don't really think that's a common term i mean everyone says mike trout's the best player in baseball i think i think that's agreed upon but bryce harper kind of is the face of baseball because we've kind of seen his face in the news since he was 18 agreed so you bring this guy in i mean the splash hits are back baby bring him back i want more splash hits and from a major league baseball perspective i think that larry bear specifically would be able to market Bryce Harper better than any of the other organizations. If I was the the guy controlling baseball, okay, I would say to myself, well, if he goes to the Phillies, he's still going to be buried in that New York media where he's going to be behind Boston, behind the Red Sox, behind the Yankees, behind right. the Mets. Like, Philly is like the fifth most important team. They're the third most important team in their own town. In the town, city of Philadelphia, You yeah. know, so for Bryce Harper to be marketed, if I was looking at it from a Rob Manfred point of view, Larry Bear is the perfect person to pair him with. Yeah, and the Warriors are moving right down the street. It's I mean, about market share. I mean, he's un, he's an Under Armour guy like Curry. That's Imagine all of that going on right yeah. down in dog patch. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm ready for Bryce Harper. Let's move on to some of the the guys they did sign. Uh, Farhan Zaidi has actually had, in my opinion, a really really good off season. He has, and I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, more old guys," but no, 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 no. I think that you lost the nuance. I don't know if you've watched some of these guys play. They pick up Solarte, who can play a couple of different infield positions. I think he can help push. Uh, Joe Panic. I think he can push Alan Hansen. I just think he's a solid player off the bench. Um, gives them options. They pick up Cameron Mabin in the outfield, who has been up and down. Didn't have a great year last year. He was like in the 240s. I think he only had like five or six home runs. But he can pick it, and yeah. he's a good defensive player. Also gives you positional versatility. And then the guy I like the most is Para. I mean, Para. Just a few years ago, Parra was a damn good outfielder for Arizona. This is a guy I've coveted for a long time. Yeah, it might be a year too late, but these are three solid additions that I think are under the radar that will pay dividends early and throughout the entire season. Yeah, and the main thing here is they're not handing out multiple-year contracts. Yes. They're simple one-year deals 
We're not seeing this Denard span deal that from the get everyone knew was a bad deal. <laughs> We're not seeing Austin Jackson come in with multiple years. Yes. It's a one-year deal. And honestly, Solarte, love it. Good good pop. Yes. Familiar with the NL West. Yes. Played with the Padres. Knows all the ballparks. Knows all the batter's eyes. Uh, switch hitter. Mm-hmm. 17 home runs last year. He's 31, but he could play. He yes. could play. He's Like you said, he's versatile. Can play multiple positions. Uh, love the par signing. I mean, guy's really solid defensive player. Got a little speed. He'll see 10 to 15 bases. Mm-hmm. He can hit. Struck out seventy five times last year. It's a hit. How many? How many Giants players have we said that about in the <laughs> last ten years? Not many. Yeah, and then honestly, another guy we left off the list, Drew Pomerantz. I'm glad you brought him up. Love the Pomerantz signing. This guy, uh, his wife's from the Bay Area. My dad used to drive his wife. Actually, oh no way. Yeah, so uh, he's familiar with the Bay. Played with the played with the A's for a little yes. bit. Had a really good Padres. year two years ago with the with the Boston Red Sox. Yes. Won seventeen games. When and he's he, got the hook going, he's kind of like Rich Hill. That's what he reminds me of. Great comp. Love you like that. that. I love that younger Rich Hill. Yeah, yeah he's got that nice. 12 to yeah. 6. Yeah, a little slurvy on it. Yeah. yeah he's, he's solid, man. He's uh, he's going to be, barring injury, he's going to be, I think, a pretty good addition to the staff. I, I agree with that. And I, I think that you got to find value in the margins, especially on a team that's up against the luxury tax. If you want to make the big Bryce Harper move, well, then I think that's great. But all these other small ancillary pieces are what's going to help fill the roster throughout the entire grind of a 162 game season. One guy you brought up, Solarte, and, and, Maybe Giants fans are overrating or, or forgetting this guy, but remember when Ryan Terrio came off the bench for the sure. Giants in 2010? Wasn't stellar, wasn't an all-star, just solid. Just a solid gamer. The riot. Yeah, exactly. Made big plays here I still and there. have that like, slow-motion image of him sliding across the plate in, uh, 2012. in the World Series. Yes, yeah. yes. Just a solid player. Uh, Mark DeRosa was a guy that I they brought in on the cheap, who I thought was going to be a good contributor, ended up breaking his wrist. But yeah. those are the type of signings that, for me, when I look at the Dodgers, when I look at the Red Sox, the Cubs— Teams that go deep in the playoffs, they pick up these random vets yep. that are just sitting out there on the bargain bin, and they shine them up, and then they throw them out, and you go, oh my god, Solarte plays for the Red Sox, or and I guess now, in our case, for the Giants? Yeah, absolutely, and honestly, Farhan, what, what, what would you grade his first offseason so far? If he lands Harper, A+. plus. I think right now it's a B. I think it's a B. Okay. I think it's a B. Um, given what the, the limitations were on some of the moves, given the stalemate of the entire division uh, of Major League Baseball in general, I, I honestly think that he's done a really good job. There's one area that I wish he would do something about, and that's the Brandon Belt situation at first base. I wanted to see them find a trade partner. I don't care if you have to eat the contract. That's just me personally. I would like to open up first base, and I think – I'll tease for later. There's a reason why I need to open up first base. There's just some people that are being blocked. That's the only move. And then if okay. you get Bryce Harper, I mean, you're looking at an A off season. I mean that sincerely. You've you've added the number one most important thing, outfield pop, which you haven't had right. in forever. And then you got all of these nice bench pieces. Next year, this upcoming season, I mean, I won't have Kelby Tomlinson coming to pinch hit off the bat. I love Kelby, you know, and I know good things happen when he came in. The guy batted like two ten. Uh, he He's just got no pop at no all. No pop. There's no threat whatsoever. And yeah, he he was a scrappy little base runner, but I didn't get a lot of positional versatility with like these three signings. It gives me very specific things. I get speed. I get some contact. I get some power, and then I get positional versatility. And with Para, I get a guy who I think is going to end up starting probably eighty something games. Yeah, and like you said, I don't. Giants fans are concerned about these old guys are going to block young guys playing time. I don't think that's the Ooh, case. What young guys are being the blocked? only guy I don't want blocked is Steven Duggar. I think he, agreed. And I think even if Duggar struggles a little bit in spring and Para hits four hundred or whatever, like I don't think it's going to matter. I think Para is your opening day center fielder no matter what or excuse me Duggar's your opening day center fielder no matter what and Parr will get his 
He's a, he's a versatile outfielder. He plays center, left, right. Mm-hmm. He'll move all over. They're going to move him around. It's going to be great. All right, let's bring in Cody Elias. Cody, we are ready to preview the NL West as a whole. San Diego Padres didn't really do a whole lot this offseason. The Colorado Rockies gave a one-year kind of extension, if you will, to Nolan Arenado. They're still negotiating whether they want to go long-term or not with him. They've got a couple of key free agents on the market. And then you have Arizona trading away, I think, the 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 most homegrown talent they've had since Brandon Webb in Paul Goldschmidt, the guy I think of as a diamondback lifer. Uh, they get rid of him, and then you have your Los Angeles Dodgers who swoop up the ex-Arizona center fielder in Pollock, and they've kind of bolstered their team and made a big trade this offseason of getting rid of Yasiel Puig. Obviously, we're a Giants-centric Bay Area podcast, but Cody, how do you think the NL West looks heading into the 2019 season? I really like Corey Seager coming back to the Dodgers this year because he's coming off the Tommy John surgery. They signed A.J. Pollock. Their pitching staff is still solid. They even reportedly made a run at Bryce Harper or still trying to get Bryce Harper, according to Jim Bowden. Uh, I I think that would be a good move for him. The Diamondbacks get rid of Paul Goldschmidt was a little head-scratchy, but you know they're trying to build towards their farm system. Luke Weaver will be a nice player for them going forward. Uh, The Padres are the team to watch because they have all the young talent. Fernando Tatis Jr., a lot of young pitchers that are good. They have the catcher that they got from um, the Indians last year. Um, his name's escaping me right now, but he's going to be good. Mejia. You have, Mejia. You still have Will Myers. You still have Hosmer. You have a lot of guys on that team that could be good. And then the uh, Rockies didn't really make any moves, but they're always, you know, they have a lot of nice homegrown talent, even though they lost LeMahieu, who, yes, he did go to the Yankees, which was a good move for him. I thought the Giants. Well, that was a good. That would have been a good second base ad for the Giants, but he goes to the Yankees, and then we have the Giants. Who, well, I mean, Cameron Mavens here, yay! <laughs> wow, I really appreciate that one, Cody. Nice jab to the gut, Albie. What do you think of the NL West heading into the 2019 season? I think we left out one of the biggest pieces that's been added to the NL West, and that's uh, Daniel Murphy, who's coming over from the Nationals. Uh, that guy's sneaky good, very good. I think he's going to be a huge boost. I think he'll be an upgrade from Lemayhu. Yes, to be honest with you. Issue with him is going to be health. Can he be? Can he stay healthy? Can he play 162 games? If he can, Daniel Murphy at Coors, we're talking like potential NL MVP candidate. I'm going to go bold, wow. bold, bold statement. Wow, he's going to be a huge protection for Nolan Arenado. Uh, they got Garrett Hampson, a young rookie who's going to be good. Herman uh, Marquez really broke out last year for them. I think the Rockies are going to be contending for the West this year with the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers have won it six years in a row. I do like the Pollock addition. Five years, though, that's a lot of years for A.J. Pollock. Guy I think who always gets hurt. He's always hurt. He's always got some sort of knick-knack injury uh, banged up, and he's going to be hitting the top of the order. You know, I think it's going to give him a little lineup depth for sure. I think he'll be a solid on the front half of that deal. We see Puig leaves. Not, Puig, not my friend. Sorry. He's gone. He's with uh, Cincinnati now. What did you think of that trade by the Dodgers? Was that a good trade? Well, I was sad to see Puig leave the division because for me as a baseball fan, he's a great villain. He's a great guy to root against, and I just enjoy his theatrics. I think he's absolutely must-see television in a sport of a lot of boring, carbon-copy type of players. And so I just I dug him. Every time he stepped into the batter's box, I'm like, oh, here we go. What is he going to do? What is <laughs> Hunley going to say to him? What is Bumgarner going to yeah. do? Um when it comes to the division as a whole, I'm less high on the NL West as I think the two of you are. I, every year I hear about the Colorado Rockies taking this big step forward and it's their year, and yet they always disappoint unless they come out of nowhere. Okay, I just I don't see them taking that step forward. I think the Nolan Arenado situation is going to hover over that team like a dark cloud. They got to figure out what they're going to do with him. I think it's going to be a very difficult decision with Nolan Arenado. I mean, he's a superstar. You got to lock him up. Do you think they lock him up? 
I don't think they will. I don't think he wants to stay there. The guy said over and over again he wants to win. And I don't think that you can build a contender in Colorado. Just the way that their team is set up, they don't go all in every single year. So, Cody, if they don't lock up Arenado and the Giants don't land Harper this offseason, let's say Harper goes to the Phillies, is Arenado a possible potential free agent the Giants are looking at in the offseason next year? I mean, I would never say never. Isn't his brother playing in the minor league system for the Giants? Jonah, you have have that connection right there. Uh, I would say probably not. I think he stays in Colorado. I think they find a way to keep him there. He's... I think he's a lifer, kind of like Todd Helton was a lifer with the with the Rockies. I think that that that's a move that they're going to try to make happen. Another guy we're forgetting with the Rockies is no one talking about Kyle Freeland. That guy was a monster yes. pitching for them last year. They finally have a guy that can pitch at Coors Field. I mean, he grew up in Colorado, so they finally have a guy that knows how to pitch at Coors. And you know, maybe down the road they'll develop more guys. They have Ryan McMahon, a nice rookie, or he'll, he'll be a nice addition as a first base, third base guy for them, but. I, I kind of see where you guys are coming from with the NL West, but I think the Padres are still a team to watch because they have so much young talent, and I want to see them take a step forward because they, they finally have, you know, supposedly have the pieces in, the right pieces in play for them to make a run. Uh, you know, A.J. Um, Preller, is, is, he doesn't sleep, and he's trying to make this team better, and I, I want to see them make a step, you know, take a step forward. They have a nice ballpark. They haven't done anything since, like, what? They haven't been relevant since that year. They Lost the division to the Giants. Well, they lost in 2010 on the final day of the regular season. If you remember correctly, the day before, Barry Zito walked in a run when he could have been the hero and clinched it for the Giants. I think Johnny Sanchez clinched it on the final day of the he year. He did. He had a big hit in and, that game. Yeah, Brian Wilson struck out Will Venable, the local San Rafael boy. Uh, regarding the San Diego Padres, I'll believe it when I see it. They've been perpetually rebuilding since the Kevin Brown 1998 team. Um, I, I don't I don't know what the hell Arizona's doing in the division. I still think it's the Dodgers to be had. But again, the big mystery team is the Giants. They can go in one of two ways they can stay afloat and be around 500 i mean they really could this year or they could completely go back into the cellar like they have the final last two seasons so i i don't know what to make of the nl west until i see it yeah listen this team was 68 and 68 on august 31st then they traded mccutcheon mm-hmm. then we saw the 5 and 21 september and you know they just it ended up being a terrible season real quick i want to get back to the giants pitching staff yes where does it ma- where does it stand in this division? We got we just talked a little bit about Luke Weaver going to Arizona. The Dodgers know. are the cream of the crop. If I was going to Oh yeah, Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw, whether he's diminished or not, Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, Ryu. I mean, they've got a lot of a lot of arms and I I don't necessarily think that the Kenley Jansen playoff disappointment here and there is going to carry over cuz he's been a stud in the regular season. Uh their bullpen was diminished last year they lost some key pieces and that was something that i thought would catch up to him it didn't but i just i think that they're the class of the division pitching wise but cody isn't kershaw are you you concerned with his back issues uh i'm not i think he'll be fine this year i think last year was kind of a you know the start to year how he did and and then all the back issues that live that funky delivery i i always worried about because the same thing with legicum the way he put so much torque on his back but Kershaw's is different. He's been doing this for so long. I'm not really worried about him. Uh, the only pitching staff in that division that that, um, that kind of scares me, besides the, the Giants, is uh, the Padres' pitching staff isn't what I you know what I expected to be. But I like Lucchese, and they have some other guys. Local boy, Lucchese. Lucchese, yeah. Uh, the only other guy in the rotation that like most people might have heard of is well, actually, no one. Robbie Erlin is probably <laughs> the only guy they might have because no one else, like Jacob Nix and all these other guys, they. They're 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 all very young and you know I went back and looked at the Diamondbacks pitching staff. They have Weaver and Granky and Godley and Ray. Like I like their staff and I like the Rocky staff. 
the Giants might not have the worst staff in the division. I think it's going to go to the Padres because they're so still young. But uh, I do have a lot of questions, question marks with the Giants behind Bumgarner. And I, like I said on the last podcast, I think Derek Rodriguez is going to take a step back this year because it's, it's going to be the sophomore slump. But I, I, still, I still think the Padres have the worst pitching staff. And the Giants might, you know, that might be a good thing for the Giants if they look to contend, you know, as we go through the season. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with Craig Kimbrell here in the next couple of days because it's somebody in the NL West adds him. That's a big boon for a for a, a pitching staff and a, and a bullpen. But let's transition. Uh, February twenty third. It's next Saturday. Hopefully, we'll have another podcast that day. It'll be the first game for the San Francisco Giants. It'll be the first game for a lot of the Cactus League teams. Uh, guys, Madison Bumgarner walked over. On his first bullpen session and said, I want Joey Bart. And I know I sound like a crazy lunatic, but I'm (laughs) telling you, I want Joey Bart on the opening day roster. I want to see this guy play. I know they brought in Stephen Vogt this week. Stephen Vogt didn't even play last year. In 2017, he batted 233. They had Nick Hundley, who I liked. He batted 241 last year. He did have the 10 jacks. I mean, even if Joey Bart comes up and struggles and hits around 200, I mean, doesn't he provide them a level of pop off the bench? And don't you want to see him learn under Buster Posey's tutelage on an everyday basis, play with not against remedial pitching in the minors, but use the best facilities, the best coaching staff, be on this regular season team. If you got a guy like Joey Bart coming off the bench, I mean, isn't that something that makes you like lean forward as a Giants fan late in games if you could maybe potentially pinch hit for him? I, I, I want to see Joey Bart play on the big league team. Am I crazy, guys? Listen, you are going to see him on an opening day roster, and Cody and I might be there. It's going to be down in San Jose. Oh, you excited, Cody? If he goes to San Jose. Shout out to San Jose Giants at a municipal ballpark. Oh, yeah, that'll yeah. really sell tickets. No, listen, I mean, this guy has got to prove that he's got to hit minor league pitching before you're going to just put him right on the Giants roster. I'm sorry. And plus... You're going to see the Blue Jays do it this year. You saw the Braves do it last year. Service time. Service time. Service. Well, then you know what? You don't want to hear it? Then talk to Major League Baseball about it. But But he's not going to be a free agent until 2025 or 2026, even if he has a full year of Major League Baseball service. Like, we're counting pennies on a team that prints millions every year. They get 3.2 million fans to go through those those stalls. I don't want to hear about service time. You're not the Blue Jays. You're not the Marlins. I hear you. I'm just saying I don't want to hear it as a fan. Yeah, but you got that extra year. You get that extra year of, of... Solid production on a sh- on a shallow contract, but he's an offensive power, offensive minded catcher. The window's short, so I'd rather bring him up now than expose him to the Knicks, the Dings, and having that window of I like that productivity at the offensive major league level to be smaller. I don't want that window to be smaller. Look, I know I'm in the minority. I'm going to bring up one name for you, Kyle Breg, or excuse me, Bregman, the guy third- Alex Bregman, Alex Bregman, Alex- Kyle Bregman, third baseman for the Houston Astros. They brought him up less than a year after he was drafted. He came in, really helped the Astros down. Down the stretch in the final two and a half months of 2016, and that helped bolster his confidence for the entire 2017 season. For me, I look at what happened last year down the stretch for the Giants. Chris Shaw, Slater, Duggar, all these young guys didn't get the at-bats I expected them to, and now I'm rolling into 2019, and I don't know what to make of them. I cannot make that same mistake with Joey Bart. I need to know what he is this year, so that heading into the following year, I know exactly where he lines up in my in my particular order. So we know that he's not going to be up. That's, no. we know that's we know that's just not going to happen. I'm holding out hope though. So Cody, <laughs> Cody, when do you think we will see Joey Bar? Is there any chance he's a September call up this year? Uh, I was I'm with Butcher. I'm with Butcher. I think that 
it'd be exciting to see him start on the opening day roster because it brings the excitement. You guys are crazy. Especially if you especially if you miss out on Bryce Harper, which it seems like they're probably going to. Which you know, it's nothing against Farhan and, and the front office and the Giants, but I think that he adds the excitement that the people want to see and. You know, there's one thing we're forgetting. There's going to be a new CBA, and this could change the way contracts are viewed yes. for young players and out players overall. So, the, the whole thing about arbitration could be, you know, could be changed. And that's something that we, you know, we're, everyone's kind of missing, but it's not really being discussed because who knows what will actually happen when the CBA is up. Uh, I could see it being a September call up, and I like the comparison to Alex Bregman. Bregman's probably going to win the AL MVP this year. Thank you. I think he's going to have he's going to have a breakout, another breakout year at the Astros. The Astros are going to win the AL West easily. They're going to they'll probably make it back to the ALCS and probably the World Series. They're they have so much talent. I like the way Bregman plays, but yeah, I I can see Bart being called up. Uh, I don't think some guys like Elliot Ramos will be called up, but no. I can definitely see Bart being a September call up. Uh, but if we see him down in San Jose, Albie and I will be there and Butcher. You're always welcome to come down to the 408 and hang out. I love that. You know, I'll just give two quick names to you. Ronald Acuna Jr., obviously 19 years old. The guy ends up going to the big leagues, dominating, coming from another country. You know, this guy is 22 years old, Joey Bart, the same age Will Clark was when he went from being drafted in 85 to starting opening day at first base on the 86 Giants. So I, I hear you guys. I know it's a long shot. I sound crazy. But if there was ever a guy that I can make a case for, it's this guy for this team in this era with this GM who wants to fast track guys. And, boys, here's my – I want to see him play a lot of first base this year to save his legs early on in his career because I still think that Buster's value is behind the plate. Real quick, before we end this baseball podcast, the Bay Area's own baseball podcast with Albie and Cody. Um, gentlemen, I just want to bring up uh, – it's. Black History Month, and one of the more prominent organizations in Major League Baseball history when it comes to minority hires, the greatest minority players of all time, is the San Francisco Giants. And going back to the New York Giants, there's a guy who's now got his jersey retired, Monty Irvin. When he joined the New York Giants, Monty Irvin was one of the earliest African-American Major League Baseball players. He played in two World Series for the Giants, and when future Hall of Famer Willie Mays joined the Giants in 1951, Irvin was asked to mentor him. He was inducted, Monty Irvin was, into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1973. When his career was over, he became a scout, held an administrative role in the MLB commissioner's office. Willie Mays credits Monty Irvin with teaching him how to be a professional. As we celebrate African-American History Month, uh, I just want to ask both of you, you guys, when you think of just black players in baseball who you grew up idolizing or someone who impacted your life as a baseball fan, who do you think of, Alvy? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I was born in 1987, so I kind of grew up with, you know, 90s baseball, yeah. this week in baseball. Twit, um, baby. Yeah, and uh, honestly, for me, it was Ken Griffey Jr. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, just the the sweet lefty swing, the wiggle, the bat I used to mimic in my backyard with yes. the wiffle bat. When we dra- I would draft my fake team with my brother, and I'd always the, ha- the backwards hat, the home run derbies, the swag, the jumping over the walls, the climbing on walls, the rounding third, heading home through at the kingdom. Yes, he was so important to black athletes, to young African American kids, to just everyone. I mean, he was such an, an ambassador for yes. for the uh, the culture. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, just that was my guy, Cody. Who do you got? Well, for me, it's a little different because growing up uh, in Pittsburgh, the Pirates always stunk, and Barry Bonds <laughs> left when I was still too young. Uh, the guy for me is an easy answer, and it's a guy that played for the Giants last year. It's, it's Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, oh. McCutcheon changed yeah. the way the way I viewed baseball because he came up in 2009. He kind of took the city by storm. They need, the Pirates needed a guy that could bring the excitement. He had he was young. He was he was quick. He was energetic. He had the dreads. He had the look. 
And then he, he, you know, he finishes second in the MVP to Buster Posey. Then the next year he wins the MVP. The Pirates are back in the playoffs. I'll be the first to admit when they, they went back to the playoffs, I cried because, you know, I never saw this team ever do anything and have any success. And then they had three straight years where they were in the playoffs. And, yeah, they lost the Walker game the other two years. And Brandon Crawford hit the grand slam. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I don't like Brandon Crawford. But, you know, that, <laughs> that's, that's my – that's my uh, that's my own problems, and you know I, when McCutcheon came to the Giants last year, I cheered for him every time. And then when they traded him, I was happy for him. And when people call him out on Twitter for the year he had the Giants, people don't understand he was still probably their second best player, and he was traded in August. Oh, so, I, I would say he was their best player. If you look at the offensive numbers and what he did last year, yeah, I think he was their best player. Yeah, he he finished second in the team in home runs. He led in like he had the most RBIs, stolen bases. He, he, yeah, so he's. I, I like the way he's going to play. Now that he's with the Phillies, it's a little different. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can really root for him. I'm, I've grown. I'm, I was always told to hate everything Philadelphia, although I like the Sixers, so it's a little different. But, yeah, McCutcheon's definitely the guy for me because Bonds left when I was still so young. So I can't really. I didn't really get to see Bonds play that much, but McCutcheon is definitely the guy that influenced me the most. I'm glad you said that. And Barry Bonds for me would definitely be number one. But I talk about Barry every single week, so I'm going to bring up two other guys who in my neighborhood were just giant heroes. And one of them is Ricky Henderson for obvious reasons. When we used to play, uh, we'd play base runners right in the front of our house. You know, mm-hmm. you'd go from drain to drain or something like that. We didn't really have bags. Everyone wanted to be Ricky Henderson. He was a god when it came to stealing bases, leadoff hitter, swag. We would catch, play three flies up, and we would catch and pop the glove and do all the different shenanigans he would do out in the outfield. He was a guy that I not only looked up to and idolized, I just loved his charisma. Loved the way he played <laughs> the game he never said anything but it was his style his swagger just the confidence the way he played the game with his his, it seemed like his hair was on fire at all times. great batting stance oh incredible batting stance and and he just was an impact player an elite athlete no doubt about the other guy is dave stewart and the reason i bring up dave stewart is because in the playoffs when everyone's watching he was one of the few african-american pitchers on the mound who just dominated and he was class personified he was very much like matt kane where he just had that bulldog look in his face he knocked off roger clemens i hated the red Sox when i was younger so to see him knock off uh, the red Sox in the playoffs was absolutely very big and you didn't see a lot of African-American pitchers at that stage in the playoffs, in the World Series, just shoving because it was like supposed to be a cerebral position. And I think he really changed the game for a lot of guys in my neighborhood that were looking to be pitchers and want to be guys that could be on the mound in October knocking off those Red Sox, knocking off <laughs> Roger Clemens. And so I wanted to bring up those two guys because we do talk a lot of Giants, and I think that those are two prominent East Bay guys that not only represent Oakland, but represent the entire East Bay. Guys, uh, we got Albie Falous. I got Cody Elias. Great week this week. Next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we got games. We got spring training baseball. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, any Any last thoughts before we get out of here, gentlemen? I'm ready for baseball. One week. Uh, I think the A's are playing before that, right? Yes. Because they, they're kicking off uh, March 20th in Japan against the Mariners. So we, they, we have some, like, I think we got some baseball starting early this upcoming week. Yeah, my man Chris Towns is going to probably be, be digging at us, you know, this year when it comes to A's. So oh, yeah. we've got we've got an insider who's going to help us out. Cody, what about you? You got anything looking forward to this week? Yeah, actually, I got something. I just found this out. Uh, if you guys are up tomorrow at 630 in the morning, Joey Bart's going to be joining uh, Joe Lowe and Dib. So uh, check that out. Ooh, nice. 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 So can you get him for the night show? A little shameless self-promotion right there. I like it. All right, gentlemen. Well, for Joe Shasky, for the baseball podcast, he is Albie Falouse. On the other line is uh, Cody Elias. And I'm Joe Shasky. Let's, uh, 
let's have a great week. And, guys, enjoy it. Subscribe. Uh, hit reviews. Uh, give us uh, all the likes and love that you possibly can. That's how we get this thing to grow. We appreciate you listening. Have a great week.